What's going on, everybody? Welcome and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Brown Guy Podcast Network. Today on the show, we have Martin Nunez Bonilla calling in from New York City. Uh, Martin and I talked about Black Lives Matter, his work in the black and brown communities from education to, you know, everything that he does uh, working at a government-funded nonprofit. Uh, We talked about his projects outside of work. Yeah, we talked about a lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff. So I hope you tune in and enjoy. Peace. Absolutely. Um, I'm really happy to be on because this is a fucking cool podcast. (laughs) I can curse, right? Yeah, of course. Because I curse a lot. Go ahead, go Um, ahead. This is a cool fucking podcast, and and you guys are and what you guys do is just really cool. So I'm I'm happy to to be here. I'm flattered. To thank be you, honest. Um. thank you, thank you, thank you. It's an it's a pleasure to have you on, man. It's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, so as I mentioned today, we have my boy Martin on the podcast. Martin, tell the people about you, bro. Say what's up. So first of all, I like how you how you have the radio voice. I like that. Oh, thank a you, lot. thank you, You're thank like, you. Tell tell the people, Martin. I'm into that. <laughs> um, but uh, so I, so my name is Martin Nunez Bonilla. I am uh, based in New York City. Um, I specifically work um, in uh, how do I word this? I work in black and brown communities, um, specifically in the South Bronx. And what I do, um, uh, so I, I work for an organization and I also uh, produce my own work outside of that. Right. Um, so I work for an organization called Phipps Neighborhoods. That's my day job. That's my nine to five. Um, we basically provide uh, social services for people in the South Bronx, mainly black and, black and brown people that live there. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether we're talking about um, assistance in schools, um, college access, uh, working with uh, the senior citizen community, um, providing them with food pantries and, and uh, career training as well. That's a big thing that we do. And basically our aim is to just kind of bridge the gap between um, the the communities that are not getting enough from the government, um, enough assistance from the government, right? Because they've been affected by systemic racism. And um, and you kind of see the after effects of like things like the Bronx is burning yeah. and, and things of that nature, right? Where, yeah. where the Bronx is still kind of struggling through that kind of thing. And I'm from the Bronx personally, like I'm, I'm from the South Bronx. And even though I moved when I was young, I still um, have spent a lot of time there. So the that's one of the communities I work in now with the organization that I work for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're kind of helping to bridge the gap between the people that live in those communities and, and that have suffered that systemic, systemic racism and continue to suffer from it, um, bridge the gap between them and uh, the resources that people in other schools have, right? Um, like if you go to a school in the suburbs, like those kids have access to school counselors that'll tell them about colleges yeah. and, um, you know, yeah. people that will tell them what financial aid is. That's like, like such a basic necessity. Exactly. And like parents that'll tell them how to do their taxes and yeah. like shit like that. Right. Like that's kind of the, the gap that we're bridging. Yeah. So I specifically work in the communications office for them. So I do like social media, I do, um, photo and video work for them, like that documentation. Um, and just different, types of communications that we work through and and I'm also fundraising. So that's uh the the biggest part of my job is is making sure that we get enough money to be able to do that. Right. Um so right now I'm like an associate, so I'm not a director or anything cuz I'm 23 years old, but I'm getting there. Yeah, I'm hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. That's great. Um can I just ask like how did you how did you get um how did you find your way onto this career path? 
So um, I have been passionate about it since I was uh, black and brown, so my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, I, I, growing up, I was kind of like, oh, these problems affect me, huh? So uh, in, in college, I got to, to learn more about that. Um, I, I, I went to Fordham University, and even though Fordham is very white um, <laughs> and, and has a lot of different issues, especially within the Bronx community, um, Fordham does have really wonderful professors and I learned a lot about black history. I learned a lot about my own Dominican roots through relationships with, um, people at, uh, different film festivals that I've worked at. So, uh, before I worked at Fifth's Neighborhoods, I was working at a lot of Latino film festivals. Oh um, yeah. So like the Dominican that. film festival, yeah. um, the HBO Latino film festival and, and, you know, those people, have have been I think an important part of showing me uh, what's going on in the Latin community and I think specifically in the New York Latin community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I started working there. Um, I started working at those festivals. I started learning more about Black and Brown culture at Fordham, and I think through those two things, I started to just work more in in these communities and and figure out what my type of um, what my type of advocacy was going to look like and what my type of like service was going to look like. Um, I always wanted to do social media and visuals. Like in, in high school, I was doing short films and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And in college, my major was marketing and film communications. Um, so yeah, uh, that's kind of how I, I landed on that. Like I decided this is what I want to use what I learned, right? This is what, this is how I want to use what I learned about marketing and film production and graphic design. I want to use it for the community and I want to use it to fundraise right. uh, for the communities that, that I'm from and, and that other black and brown people call home. Right. Yeah. That's great, man. That's yeah. great. No, I like that a lot. That's, that's, you know, when, when you go into something like film production and, and, you know, usually it doesn't take that route. You know what I mean? Like I knew that was what you studied in school and it's, it's yeah. amazing that you already knew you already knew in school kind of right. That you wanted to go this direction and yeah. So how long have you been uh, working at your day job now? So I've been working there, uh, I'd say two years, because I was freelancing for them in college. Like, Mm. I was doing their photo and video stuff in college. Right, right. Um, I was, like, a a contracted freelancer. So I had a certain amount of times a month that I would go shoot their events. And then um, a position opened up for them in the development office. And I said, I want to work there. And they were like, you know what? We don't have a lot of other applications, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't say that, man. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure it was like, I mean, you know, my resume was pretty tight, but still, you know. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and I think another reason that, that I ended up uh, going the nonprofit route, um, well, first of all, you know, opportunities present themselves, right? And, and this is what I've wanted to do. I've always wanted to work in media, Um yeah, I, I worked there, and um, uh, what, one of the reasons that I ended up working there was because I, I did end up uh, in college. I was doing some some set visits with different shows. So okay. uh, while I was working at the film festivals, I also worked um, for the Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I and I was just a PA, like I wasn't like I wasn't like working, working, but I was a, a PA on that set. Um, and I also uh, visited the SNL set, and and that was super cool. But when I was when I was behind the scenes on on those shows, um, they're they're you know it's it's like they're functioning within the Hollywood system, right? So I saw that there was a lot of progress still to be made, um, in terms of like black and brown staffing and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Because 
you know, that's just kind of how it works. It's like kids um, that are able to afford the internships and are able to afford, um, you know, to, to be at these set visits and to be at these colleges that, that they hire from. Um, they're they're able to to get a lot of these jobs, right? And and not to say that I didn't have those opportunities, but that um, I think I after being on those sets, I felt like it was more important for me to help black and brown kids get those opportunities. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, it it made a lot. It, like it felt more essential for me to be in a place like Phipps neighborhood, so we could um, connect with more people, get more funds, and help more black and brown kids. Like that were, you know, 18, my age, so that they can get into colleges and they can get those opportunities to be on sets and, and to pursue their dreams, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's that's kind of how I how I ended up here specifically. Yeah. Um, and it's just been something I've, I think I've always wanted to do was, was be a positive force and just bring goodness to the world, right? And then figure out a way to do that. Absolutely, um, man. You're very good at it. Thanks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Very Thanks, good at yeah. it, man. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so, oh, I, I didn't realize that um, at Phipps you were working with, with college-age students, or is it like education as a whole from, from start to finish? So Phipps Neighborhoods works from we, – we literally have – it's start to finish, right? So okay, we okay. work with, with young babies. We have kindergarten and pre-K, and then we go all the way up to college access, and then we go wow. to – and then we work with, sorry, and then we also work with people that are, that maybe have dropped out of high school, maybe are not interested in going to college. That's where like the career trainings and the, and the summer youth employment comes in, as well as the transfer to career. That's another thing we work on in Opportunity Youth. It's like helping okay. young people who maybe don't want to go to college, but figure out how they can become financially self-sufficient. Um and and also another thing is that we hire a lot from the community that we serve. That's awesome. So like a That's lot of really the good. people that we yeah, like a lot of the people that work with our kids and, and that work with our population, that work with our organization, um, they're from the Bronx, they're from the communities that we serve. So it's it's that's another way that I think we affect change. That's that's pretty unique, you know. Absolutely. Um, to to our organization. So I that was something that that want that made me want to work at Phipps Neighborhoods as well. Yeah. Yeah. So Let's get, mm-hmm. let's get away from from the nine to five for a bit. Uh, so, what do you do? Uh, what kind of projects do you work on outside of your outside of working for Phipps? Oh yeah, so so when I'm not when I'm not at my nine to five, I sleep. Um, <laughs> and when I'm not sleeping, I I work on the web series that I've been producing called Men Cry, which is um, hell yeah, a way to address toxic masculinity, um, which I think is one and and. Honestly, let me, you know, the buzzword toxic masculinity shuts a lot of people off, right? So for sure, I just want to say masculinity and reforming masculinity, because I think that's essential to figuring out um, how men can how, how men can be instrumental in changing the world, right? Because right now, a lot of bad things happen because of toxic masculinity. So or because of masculinity, masculinity and because yeah. of and because of the aggressiveness that is associated with masculinity right so yeah. you have people like donald trump you have people like duterte yeah who are who are very masculine and a lot of uh terrible laws and a lot of terrible things come from men mm-hmm. being men right and and like not um dealing with things in a more holistic in a more uh peaceful way right um so uh men cry i think is is really about that 
Um, and that's why I started it was because first I wanted men to not feel so alone when they felt emotional. So uh, it ended up being a video series uh, where I uh, kind of interviewed men about their emotions and their experience with masculinity. Like I know you did one of the interviews yep. uh, back two years ago when it first started. Um, I started it my senior year of college. So um, I've been working on it now for the past two years. Um and yeah, I, I think it's it's uh it's it's a thing that I'm very passionate about because I, I do think masculinity is such an essential part of what is wrong with the world, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The things that are wrong with masculinity are, are wrong with the world. So it's like figuring out how to uh change masculinity so that it's kinder and more soft and more vulnerable and more um yes. pacifistic, right? Yes. Um because I, I just feel like that's that's essential. And and I think one of the one of the biggest reasons I started this show um, was because of uh, uh, sexual assaults and like uh, the fact that most of the women that I knew um, and most and, and a lot of the the LGBTQIA plus people that I knew had experienced some form of sexual violence um, and I think that's a big part of what's wrong with masculinity is that we uh, we men in in a lot of ways we never learn how to be kind to the people that we are having that, that we uh, feel sexually attracted to. Right. Like we don't know how to be considerate and how to respect gotcha, them. Yeah. Uh, we're never taught that we're, yep. we're only taught how to conquer them. Right. Quote unquote, in a lot of ways, I'm putting up air quotes ooh, guys. I don't that, conquer people. That's a, ooh, that's, like, that's a word. That's a yeah, word. Yeah, right. Whoa. Um, so, so we're, we're, I feel like the way that we're taught masculinity is we're taught how to do that. Um, versus how to be respectful lovers and like how to be you know nice and how to, just respectful like, people overall. <laughs> exactly, and and and, and men cry started because I, I think an essential part of that toxic cycle is men not being able to, not developing that skill to be vulnerable with themselves, right? Yeah, and to be honest, emotionally honest with themselves. Uh, so when you bottle up those emotions, uh, a lot of the time what happens is that they manifest themselves in these really, uh, sorry, these really unhealthy and like awful ways. Right. Yep. Um, so that's, that's kind of why that started. And, and it's becoming, I think something a little more, um, I'm trying to diversify how the show works right now. Like, okay. You know, interviews with men, but also I think sharing about uh, different men's programs that I visited and, and interviewed people at and like, um, visiting different communities where they've they've also been doing that work of of tackling masculinity and like trying to change it um so i've been i've been trying to do a little more of that so that that's one of the things i do outside of work um and and the other things i think are are just participating in protests i think being politically active um i have volunteered for the bernie sanders campaign on a few occasions hell yeah um, because bernie's my guy i mean so here, here's what I'll, I'll i'll say this i am really rooting for anybody progressive um mm-hmm. i i like i liked elizabeth warren a lot as well um but bernie was my guy specifically because i liked the way that he didn't compromise like he just said like we need universal health we need it and nothing like, else fuck yeah bernie we do need it yeah um, and and i don't know I, I felt like that energy uh kind of resonated with me a little more but i was i was also like rooting for elizabeth warren like i think it's important to donate um but yeah that's that's kind of the other work that i do outside of that and then um i also just try to be politically active in terms of attending protests in terms of uh fundraising for other causes that aren't Phipps neighborhoods related um because that's important as well 
Um, do you do you want me to talk about the fundraiser we did a few days ago? Ah, we'll get into that. Ago? We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Okay. Okay. No worries. So that so th- those are other things that I do. Um, yeah. And just trying to uh, be be uh, just trying to be useful to as many people as possible. Like uh, I've also done photography for um, different uh, mayoral campaigns. So like. I did oh, really? photography for – I volunteered as a photographer for Diane Morales, oh, who wow. is an Afro-Latina candidate for mayor, and she's from Brooklyn, and she's running. Wow. Mayor of New York City. So Shit, I didn't even know about you know, this. I mean, I've been gone for so for long, her. so I'm a little out of the loop. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So <laughs> I, I volunteered for her. Beautiful. Um, and I also volunteer for, for different Latin film festivals because that's, like, how I started, and, and I still try to, like, MC for them and, and provide photos for them when I can, stuff like that. So that's that's the end of the list. I'll shut the fuck up. <laughs> I know that was like a lot. Sorry. No, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, yo, I want to go back to Men Cry for a second. Um, Absolutely. How you've been working on it for two years now? How many how many interviews have you done now? So I have done upwards of I think at least like thirty interviews at this point. Nice. Um, and and that's like yeah, I've done at least like thirty interviews. It, it's been a lot. Um, and when I started in college, it was more of just like a flat out, like, I mean, you, you did one of the interviews. It was like yeah. a chair, a white wall and like talk about your emotions. Um, but now I've been I've been trying to make it more holistic. Right. So like um, in in the last episode that I put out in January and there's a new episode coming this week, by the way. So oh, keep your eyes yeah. for that. Nice, dude. Um, but uh, but working uh, the, the last episode that I did, I did like a whole um tour of my friend's hometown and and we kind of made it an experience right where i got to talk to him about his whole life but you know i also got to see his whole life which was pretty cool um that's dope yeah that's yeah, dope and he, and he um told us about like cancer and stuff like that so yeah because he that sorry that's, that's one of the reasons. <laughs> Whoa. Sorry, wait, that was like so left field sorry that. <laughs> that was one of the reasons that we did the interview was because he was my very close friend from college and he told me about this very um, humbling experience that he had with cancer and that he had this rare form of cancer. And he was talking about his experience with with vulnerability in the form of weakness. Right. Okay. And like feeling him feeling himself being physically weak mm-hmm. and kind of experiencing the vulnerability of that and like being, um, you know, kind to himself as well as um, finding a way to like accept that weakness versus like what men generally do which is like i feel weak let me change that you know what i mean right and like not internalize it right right um so that was a really cool interview but yeah i've done at least like 30 interviews and and i think the hardest part about the show is that i've been doing it myself uh so like i've been doing the shooting editing interviewing all that um so it's been hard to like have a production schedule so to say right Mm -hmm. because it's it's done whenever i can do it Um, yeah exactly so that's that's been hard, but I, I've been trying to make it a point to edit more of the stuff that I have because I have a lot of content that just hasn't been edited yet. Like I, I did, so I'll, I'll give you a, a preview of one of, of, I think one of the episodes that's coming up that'll be the most interesting. Um, it's in, so I went to New Mexico with my girlfriend's father, right, which is already fun right Whoa, off the what? bat. Um, <laughs> we only been dating, we we only been dating for like a year, so that was like pretty. That was pretty big. Um, but we went to we went to this uh, this men's retreat in New Mexico, where they were a whole bunch of middle aged men, mostly middle aged. There were like a few young men, but um, 
men talk about um, different ways to uh, kind of, first of all, be kinder to yourself, but understand and like develop the tools to deal with the emotions that you have that are nonviolent, right? So like dealing with grief and dealing with anger and dealing with immaturity in ways that are that are like mature, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, <laughs> like ways, definitely ways that are useful and, and kind. So that, that was a really cool uh, interview that I was able to do. And it happened two years ago. Damn and homeboy. Like I still have yet to do, like I had to do like follow-up interviews and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's been hard, man. That's been a hard part of it. Yeah, man. I mean, it's all part of the process, you know, that's uh, time is time. We, we don't all have free Absolutely. time always, you know, so, you know, you do what you can do what you can absolutely that's great though yeah, man that's like, why I, that's that's one of the reasons i admire you by the way is because you've been able to like take this this passion project with what started out as a passion project and turn it into like this very real thing so <laughs> um i i admire that a lot thank you from bro. you know a person who's trying to also materialize something and definitely something. man i, I mean that's I, very cool i just do. wanted to say that like the world needs more people like you man because you do a lot of important work from from obviously from the black and brown community to uh speaking of men's vulnerability like there's a lot of very very prominent stuff that you're doing that's extremely important to so many people in this world in america in the world wherever and like really we, the world needs more people like that man like for real i i appreciate it man i think the only thing that we can do is try to be the people that we are and hopefully people and not to say that i'm better than anyone but the idea is that I think what I'm doing is important, and I hope by doing it, other people also see that importance that important. and, and want to yeah. contribute to it. You know, and want to take it on in their own minds and internalize it and live with it. You know, definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah. So yeah. let's let's talk. You mentioned earlier about being very involved in po- politics, and that's something that I was as well. And it's been odd, honestly, to be away from America, be away from New York and New Jersey for so long now. You know, I've been gone for two and a half years. I'm home maybe five months out of the last two and a half years. And obviously that means I'm pretty out of the loop with what's going on politically. You know, I remember during the during the recent Bernie run, like. I didn't really have the energy to, to like stay up to date with everything because I'm so far away, you know, and mm-hmm. I had to like constantly ask my friends like on a weekly basis, like, Hey, what's going on? Can you give me your updates? I don't feel like reading nine articles, you know, and, and yeah. all of that, but it's, it's tough, man. And you've obviously done a lot. You know, you said you did some volunteering on the Bernie campaign. You did, obviously we've done a lot of protests and, um, tell me like what, what is your feeling toward politics right now? Okay. Um, so, so right now I think is a double-edged sword, right? I think that, um, what comes with, uh, uncovering and I think making people aware of a lot of the injustices that happen in America on a daily basis, right? Like, even though I'm familiar with it and a lot of other people are familiar with it, um, what, one of the things that has happened, I think specifically this year is that people haven't been, um, as attentive to politics because they didn't have to be right. But now we're in this scenario where we have a president that's kind of trying to attack people's rights. So that has turned on that, that has turned on like the, 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 the spidey senses for a lot of different people, <laughs> especially like, yeah, definitely. especially people of color and like, you know, uh, maybe people of color who are a little more ambivalent are now like, okay, 
fuck, this dude's trying to kick out my cousins or like, you know, this yep. dude's trying to like ban my Muslim homies, like shit like that. Yep. Like it's, it's like, and, and he's keeping kids at the fucking border. Like that's insane. Right. So, yeah. so now people I think are more engaged for that reason. And, and I think I'm also more engaged for that reason. Right. Um, so that it's, it's a double edged sword, right? So you get these horrible things that are happening, but then you also get these positive things, which is people being more aware and people being more, I think, able and more willing to get involved and to throw their hats in the ring, right? So you have like, you have like companies fucking making statements about Black Lives Matter. Like, that's fucking insane. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it is, honestly, like, yeah. Like, 50 years ago, I, I really don't think Hagen Daz would have said, we care about black people. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, like so, so, so it's a super interesting time in it, and it's, it's, it's a shitty time to be in, but it's also a very enlightening, a very, um, I think fortunate time to be in. Right. So, okay. So interesting thing, right? Me and me and a group of friends, we call ourselves the fragile friends. They're, they're my, a, a group of friends that I have that are really wonderful from college. And, and one of the things we talked about this year was that this year is our, is our Chinese Zodiac, right? The year of the rat. Oh so, yeah. Me too. <laughs> Bro, like at the beginning of the year, right? Right before Chinese New Year, my friend told us in our group, she was like, yeah. Yeah, I think it's lucky. I think it's lucky that you're, <laughs> like, your your Chinese zodiac sign is lucky. So we were like hype, and then like and like, then whatever, all this. an hour or two after, <laughs> yeah. So like an hour or two after she told us that, um, bless her heart, we googled it and we were like, no, it's supposed to be unlucky, because for, I don't know if you know this, but really, I didn't know so this. The, so apparent. This is just what I read online, right? So if any Chinese person hears this and is like, Martin, you're fucking dumb, just like. Hit me up and I will gladly take it back. But <laughs> I've heard what I read online is that the Chinese god of aging, right? He gets mad because you're still alive. He's like, what the fuck? You're still on this earth? Let me challenge this shit. So he throws a whole bunch of stuff at you and makes it unlucky for you. Like, that's that's the thing, right? So oh, going shit. into the year, we kind of knew that. And we were like, nah, this is bullshit, bro. Whatever. Who cares? If you don't believe in it, it won't happen. <laughs> And look at this shit. What? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> the fucking, you know, the, the police brutality that's happening. Well, like, it's 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 been happening since before this, right? Yes. But, like, the, the unrest, the riots, like, and also, on a selfish note, I was supposed to go to Italy this year. And I was also supposed to go to D.C. and see LeBron James play basketball, which has been a dream of mine for so long. Damn, But, man. um... Both those things got canceled in the same... It was like the same month, the month of March. I was like, oh, I got these trips planned. I'm so hyped. And then I was like... And then <laughs> no Corona... More. And then I, I remember, because um, coronavirus was developing in Italy, and I was like, oh, fuck. Like, the first... So the first place I was going to go was Milan, right? And Milan was the epicenter in Europe. Like, that's where, yep. like... You know? Uh, so, but that that's... Obviously, I'm past it, but I just thought it was funny <laughs> because it was like as soon as the year started, it was like, oh, <laughs> like everything <laughs> you ever wanted is going to shit. Everything shift. that but, could but, happen happened. Yeah. So so good things have happened. But, you know, um, I, I once again, I think it's a double edged sword. Right. I think it's like these uh, as as Kobe Bryant said. Right. Um, failure is an opportunity for us to rise. Right. So like these Absolutely. shitty things that are happening. Um, they're all, there are opportunities, right? So like, for example, a lot of the legislation around policing has been changed in the United States because of these protests and because of these things that have been happening. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, 
that's just like one example, but that's like something that it's an opportunity for us to get our fucking shit together a little more and like, you know, focus yeah. on, on the bad things that are happening and, and try to try to fix them. So, Definitely. um, yeah. Yeah. Um, going back to what you were just speaking about, um, this is off topic, but have you ever heard of cookies hoops? Cookie soups? No. Cookies hoops. It's a podcast. It you should definitely no. listen to it, man. It's a, uh, it's a basketball podcast. Um, but it's cookies hoops, like cookies, like chocolate chip cookies hoops. Cookies hoops, got it. Yeah, uh, it's a basketball podcast. But these guys are like New York dudes in their forties, very successful in their careers, but they're like really in touch with New York City culture, and they That's beautiful. Like their podcasts are like half culture, half basketball, and it's like a beautiful thing, yeah. beautiful thing. I would, and they're funny, like they're awesome. I would definitely suggest you check it out. Um, Wait, but, before we move on from basketball, let me tell you something that came out of this that's very – that's essential. That tell I, me, tell me, tell me. Essential knowledge. So now everybody's posting about like, you know, because of because there's more attention on it, right? Everybody's posting about like, here's who's supporting Trump. Here's who's donating to Trump. You know who's donating to Trump? As if he weren't the worst already. James Dolan. Oh, the yeah. The owner of the New York Knicks. He's one of Trump's biggest supporters, <sighs> dude. As if being a Knicks fan wasn't already horrible. As I mean, <laughs> did you see his his um, the Black Lives Matter statement that he sent out to the MSG employees? No, what what did he say? I don't even know. Are you basically I didn't look at that. he he man? This is so difficult because I am a lifelong Knicks fan and I love the Knicks for life. You know, like I, I really really yeah. love the Knicks. But man, he said it wasn't even like a public statement. As far as I remember, it was. It was an email that was issued to all employees of the Madison Square Garden company. And I don't like where this is coming, man. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's it's bad, man. You just said what you said about Trump and James Dolan, and now here we are. Yeah. James Dolan, the owner of the Knicks, said something like, uh, basically, he did not express any support for the Black Lives Matter movement. He didn't, he didn't say he doesn't support it, but he didn't express any support of it. He didn't say any, like... Like, as an employee of MSG, you are not allowed to say this, this, and this, but he did not express any support of it for, which is crazy because I can imagine that, I mean, I know it, I've been to Madison Square Garden a bunch of times, like, obviously a lot of their employees are black and brown people, and, yeah. like, obviously it's New York City, obviously it's it's the NBA where you employ a whole roster and staff of black and brown people. And it's just like, God damn, man, every other team in the NBA made a positive. We support black lives matter statement. And then there's the New York Knicks. The fucking Knicks, bro. What? Yo, I was, I was honestly, I wasn't baffled. Like I wasn't like super, super surprised, but I was just monumentally disappointed. I was like, Oh my God. Like, all you had to do was not donate to Donald Trump's campaign and be not racist. Yeah. And then maybe, maybe yeah. we could we yeah. could still rock with the Knicks, right? But like right now, I mean, I'm I'm really debating it. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm not I'm not gonna like not be a Knicks fan, but I'm I'm I don't know. Maybe I'm not gonna be a Knicks fan. I don't know what's happening right now. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's, it's so difficult you know for me. Who else supports Donald Trump? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The New York Jets. The New York Jets. All the New York teams support Donald Trump, Ooh, except I for the Yankees. Oh my. Oh yeah, of course. The New York Jets. Absolutely. You're a Jets fan, right? I'm a Jets fan too. 
Yeah, I'm also a Jets fan. Uh, well, you know, so Should this is this right is now? our excuse to jump off of the wagon, bro. This is our time. We can be like, you know what? It's not because they lose. It's because they support Donald Trump. Fuck it. I'm out. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm probably not gonna I, do that. I already, I, I, already, I already gave up on the already NFL already on years the ago because same. I already gave up on the NFL years ago because I, I, you know, there's just no time for that negative energy. You know, the NFL is so awful, it's so awful. No time for that negative energy. But the Knicks, man, like that's 20 years of my life that I've devoted to that team. I have emotional connections and, and expectations of every single player on the roster. You know, like it's, that's hard to, to jump off the wagon. You know, I've been on the wagon for 20 fucking years. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I've also, so, okay, let me not even lie to you. I was originally a Nets fan, right? But then they moved from New Jersey to Brooklyn. So I was like, okay, I need a new fucking team. Cause I'm not going to root for these gentrifiers. And then I picked the Knicks. But that was also like, you know, whatever, 10 years ago now, more than 10 years ago. So, yeah. But now it's like, now I can't support the Knicks. And you know what? Being a New York sports fan is, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. But you know what, man? Another thing just kind of hit me. Uh, I've been a Liverpool fan for a few years now, like five years. And mm-hmm. I just realized that they're owned by Fenway Sports Group. As in the Boston Red Sox. They're owned by the They're owned by the Red Sox? Yeah. I've kind of just found this out like in the last two or three days. And I'm like, man, as a lifelong Yankees fan, how should I feel about this? But then at the same time, like You should feel bad. I, I do feel bad. I do feel bad. <laughs> but also LeBron James is a part owner of Liverpool. And I've been a fan for five years now, and you know, I don't want to go back. But still I feel bad, because fuck the Red Sox. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so so my I um just last thing. Or actually, this kind of connects us back to what Go we were talking it. about before. One of the reasons I love LeBron James is because he is, I think, a, a role model of good masculinity. Absolutely, I couldn't agree Boom. more. Brought it back. I couldn't baby. agree more. <laughs> he loves his kids. He doesn't cheat on his wife. He doesn't beat people yeah, up. Yeah, dude. It's wow. Great. I mean, first of all, the bar's low, but also, yeah, the bar is low. You know, he's doing fucking great. He's doing great. So, I, yeah, that's yeah. that's one of the reasons why. Like back when he went back to Cleveland, that's when I was like, oh shit, wait a minute, LeBron's a real fucking deal. Like I hated him. I mean, I didn't hate him, but I I strongly disliked him when he was on the Heat because we were Knicks fans. Naturally, right? so, yes. Like, that's back when Lynn Sanity was big, and he just like he just murdered both of our playoff <laughs> runs. So like, yeah, I was not gonna enjoy. Watching definitely, I was not gonna enjoy watching LeBron beat the fuck out of the Knicks. But am, yeah. am I am I wrong in saying that LeBron is in my in my opinion, LeBron could be the most powerful person in the in America to push the Black Lives Matter movement. Am I wrong in saying that? Do you think that that's do you think that that's a, a, a decent <laughs> um, idea? I think that he is he is powerful like he outside of politics. I mean, power, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think they're so... I mean, yeah, maybe maybe outside of politics. Um, I mean, who else? Who else do black people... Re- who else do white people really like? I think Beyonce's a big one, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. when she says stuff, it's like... I think white people are like, oh, shit, wait a minute. Beyonce's saying exactly. this? Um, but, so, so yeah, I think... I, I definitely think you're right, but I also think... So, I'm going to say yes and. 
I'm going to say, yes, he's a very powerful person. But there are a lot of people who hate on LeBron because of, one, they don't understand that I think different basketball players can be good at different things. Like Yes, of course. I think that Michael Jordan is, is okay, he's clearly the best, right? But Because, like, when you think about his run, like, it's pretty fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. But LeBron is my favorite player of all time. Me too. So far. Like, it's it's like a tie between him and Magic Johnson right now. Ah, for me, it's LeBron but, and Melo, um, bro. <laughs> And Mello, Stay Mello. Well, you know, that's Good okay. Guy. I like Melo, but he's definitely not my all-time favorite. Hey, I'm not saying he's the um, best. He's just he's just one of my favorite players ever, for sure. That, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so like for me, it's like th- those are my two favorites. And okay, and I also have a soft spot for for Vince Carter. Like he's still one of my favorites. Oh, 100%. Because like, as, as a kid, he was like he when he came to the New Jersey Nets, bro. That's the only reason I'm a basketball fan right now. I know because he know. came to the Nets and it was like, what the fuck. Sorry, sidetrack. But um, <laughs> I, I do think that I, I do think that people kind of diminutize LeBron's impact because he doesn't have whatever six championships and he doesn't have this and that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that that does kind of affect like his influence and like what people quote unquote like think of him. And like when he says stuff like Black Lives Matter, people are like, "But you're not MJ," and it's like not relevant. But totally okay. irrelevant. <laughs> totally irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. But but the the NBA's involvement in the Black Lives Matter movement is is super is fucking great. Like it's it's really cool to see. Yeah. I think all of the players have the opportunity to to come out first of all in support of the movement, right? But you see like people like Jalen Brown like attending the protests, which is fucking dope, and like leading the marches and and Georgia and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's it's cool to see the NBA involved, and it's cool to see successful black men that. Even though I, I don't think that money excuses you, right? Like you, you're still black no matter what, right? But and you still are are you still are experiencing the black experience. So you still have a lot of racism in your life, things like that. But I, I do know that when you do get money, you you can have a certain amount of money so that things like this aren't your problem anymore, right? Fair. So yeah. it's cool to see celebrities, it's cool to see LeBron James, it's cool to see Jalen Brown. It's cool to see, um, you know, your Russell Wilsons, your Megan Rapinos, like people being like, I'm rich, but this is something that we should all care about. And this is like, I'm using my platform for this. So definitely a cool thing. I think we should all use our platforms, whatever platforms we have. Absolutely. I couldn't agree um, more. I couldn't agree more. Even if we have like 500 Instagram followers, you, you know, you saying Black Lives Matter, that's 500 people. Saying exactly. It, you know exactly. I mean? A lot of people don't realize that, you know, like. I don't have a huge platform. This podcast isn't like a huge podcast or anything, but I want to continue doing podcasts where we can continue this conversation, you know, because the majority of the listeners on the show, uh, you know, outside of the, the, the people who the guests bring in, the majority of the listeners of the show are Filipinos or Filipino Americans, you know, and s- yeah. some of the other episodes that I've done about, you know, solidarity in the Black Lives Matter movement have been with Filipino Americans and we've really focused on the idea of needing to to drill 
these conversations into the uh, the minds of our family members, you know, because these racial biases Absolutely. obviously still exist in in our community. Yeah. And that's heartbreaking because as a you know as a minority culture community in America, like we should all be aligning as one in these times and not opposing each other. You know, like that's completely pointless. And yeah, I, I personally want to continue this conversation for as long as I can because you know I mean yeah I lived in New York I have a lot of black and brown friends you know like like you for example I have, yeah. I have tons of them and like it's it's so important that you know not only do I have to keep pushing this conversation through the platform but then I also have to keep having this conversation just to be um be somebody who supports the movement you know and and just mm-hmm. keep mm-hmm. it open you know because it's it's not a book that can close you know what I mean so for you personally, like, yeah. um, what has your experience been like over the last couple of weeks now or month or I don't even remember when, when did the protest it's... start? Maybe five weeks ago? Yeah. Since, since the, the riots and the protest started, um, I, I, so, so being, I'm Dominican, mm-hmm. right? So that means, that means I am a Filipino of the yes. West. Is <laughs> uh, <laughs> really what the fuck that means. Right. But. Um, being 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 Dominican, I'm like a mixture of a lot of different races, right? So, I am I do identify as Afro Latino because I do have a lot of um, I think African roots, and I, I think you can kind of see it in my face. But um, I, I personally identify as as light skin, right? So like colorism, in I'll, I'll just speak on Dominican Republic because that's my culture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Colorism in Dominican Republic is is a big deal, right? Where like light skinned people do have privilege, and in the Dominican Republic, there's people that are like blonde, blue eyed because we're such a a mixture of cultures, right? We have black people, we have um, the Spaniards that came to conquer, we have the French that occupied right. the DR for a while, and then there was also the influence of Native Americans, uh, the Taíno people, right? So yep. that racial and there are other South American countries um, that kind of. There's, there are other South American countries that kind of have the same, the same experience in their culture. Oh, like Brazil, for example, man, like extremely diverse community. Absolutely. You know, like mm-hmm. this is kind of off topic, but in my industry as a model, like there are so many Brazilian models in the world and so many that come here to the Philippines and they, you know, they can look like anything because of that culture, uh, that um, colonization, you know, like that's just the way it goes. But anyway, go on. But where were you? Sorry. No, no, yeah, yeah. So, I first of all, I love that you're a model because you deserve it. Um, <laughs> the because uh, you're you're a wonderful Thanks, man, bro. and you deserve to be. You deserve you deserve it all. Um, but so <laughs> the the other the so I guess so how that keys into my experience, right? Is that I am Afro Latino, and I obviously have African roots, but my experience is different from the experiences of dark skin Afro Latinos, like dark skin Dominicans, right? And the black community in America, right? Like those, right. those are different experiences. So I think, I think part of my experience in this, um, in, in figuring out how to be as useful as I can is kind of checking out, checking that privilege, right? And being like, okay, yes, I do share a lot of the same struggles that the black community shares um, or that the dark skinned Latino community shares, right? But it's not the same struggle. And I need to, figure out how to be as useful as I can and learn as much as I can about the struggle that the black community and the dark skin Afro Latino community faces so that I can be as helpful as I can. Right. Um, 
So I think that's been a big part of it is like uh, kind of listening to people has been has been a big part of of my personal experience. Like I have first of all, I think I think a lot of my experience has been listening to black women. Definitely. So important. Black women have been giving me so much information about how to be the best ally that I can be. Yep. um, And and how to be uh, as as useful as I can be. Um, and, and I'll, I'll shout out two people right off the bat or two people that I, that have been very useful, um, or have been very, um, informative, have been very kind, um, and have been like, and, and have also been fighting for this since before it got popular, mm-hmm. right? Since before all of this happened, yeah. right? So Michaela Berry is one person. Michaela Berry is, is a dear friend. And I think a lot of my knowledge about protests in New York city, a lot of my knowledge about, um, allyship and, and kind of, um, a lot of knowledge about my privilege has come from, uh, reading materials and, and things from Michaela Berry. So like credit where credit's due. She's wonderful. Definitely. And, and Kendall Allen as well has been a wonderful, uh, source for information has been a wonderful source, uh, for, for just kind of that, that kindness that I think, um, allies need. And, And I think that especially as a black woman, it takes, and this is just what they've told me and what I've learned, is that it takes so much strength to not get kindness from the world and then uh, be able to afford kindness to other people, uh, to allies and, and things like that. Definitely. So I'm always very grateful for them. Um, and I think they have been an essential part of my experience in terms of figuring out how useful I can be. Um, so in terms of the last few weeks, I figured that... Uh, the, the two most useful things I could do um, was fundraise, right? Because that's what I do um, uh, in my career. That's like I, I raise funds. So I figured, okay, how do I use these talents <laughs> to help the movement? Um, but then yes. on the other side of that, also um, uh, making sure that my job is taking a stance, right? And making sure that my job is, is doing what it can to, to help the black community and, and express solidarity. So uh, those were the first two things I did. Um, me and a friend named Nadia Semar, who is, uh, just a wonderful woman. She has worked for the Elizabeth Warren campaign. She is an amazing advocate. She, like, she is always also informing me about different ways to, to help people and, and be as helpful as I can. Right. So she is, um, half Moroccan, half white. So, uh, we kind of share that experience where like, we have a little bit of the, of the Brown experience, but we're also not like we have privileges so we uh, decided to exercise that uh, privilege in uh, starting a fundraiser. So we uh, started a fundraiser to uh, bring supplies to some of the protests that are happening here in New York City. Um, and we went, we, we specifically picked out one protest that was happening down in Foley Square. We told our friends, we said, hey, we're going we're gonna to bring some supplies to the protest. Like, do you want to donate some money and get in on this? Because we know that you're not able to come. So if you want to donate money, we'll be there on your behalf and, and provide supplies and, and things like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was – it started small. And then <laughs> one of our friends shared it on Instagram. And then we just started getting these random Venmos. Like, it was like, – <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It was like, okay – so then by the time we were going to bring supplies down, uh, which was like two and a half weeks ago, something like that, um, we ended up with $1,500 in our, in our Venmo. So like that was like people sending us money. 
So then uh, we and, – and for supplies, right? Because we were only four people. We only had one car. Um, so the other people that brought supplies down with us are Lily Juno, which is – she's amazing. And um, so, I'm going to fucking butcher this name. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is, this is actually super embarrassing, right? I'm on – okay. I'm on a uh, – I'm on, I'm on an Asian podcast. So maybe you can help me with this. <laughs> How do you pronounce the name? I'm going to spell it for you. It comes up Give a lot. And I know it's not. I know it's not from the Philippines, but maybe you sure. can help me, right? Um, it's spelled N G U Y E N. Win. Win. That's how you pronounce yeah. it. Fuck, man. Okay, so, <laughs> okay, amazing. Thank you so much. It's like okay, you know when like you you hear about like luxury brands, like you see them on like blogs and stuff, and you don't say it out loud because you don't know how to. Yes, pronounce absolutely. It. I know like, that. <laughs> for me, it was like Balenciaga. Like I didn't talk about Balenciaga ever. Ever. Because I was like. So it's the same thing. It's a similar thing with his name where it's like I just avoid it because I don't want to be an asshole and like make this person feel bad. But anyway. Um, <laughs> I did you. the same so, thing to be honest. Same name. So, exactly. So, so <laughs> Sam, Sam Wen, um, she was also very helpful. Like she came down with us to, to bring uh, supplies down. So I just want to make sure that those names are here as well. Um, Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So uh, once again – so we went down, we, we handed down those supplies, and then when we got back, we, we donated uh, the remainder of supplies because we didn't get to hand everything out because we had a lot of stuff. So we uh, donated those to Homeless Shelter, uh, the Bowery Mission, which is in the, in the, I guess it's in the financial district. That's where we handed them out, right? Um, that we donated the rest of the supplies to that. And then uh, what we did was we kept the fundraiser going. We kept telling people, hey, send us money. And we'll make a mass donation in a few days. Um, and we ended up raising $3,800 flat. Fuck right? yeah, So that man. was just people donating, um, which was amazing. And we ended up donating to the Brianna Taylor Memorial Fund. Great. Uh, by the way, arrest the cops. Arrest those Breonna fucking Taylor cops, Because that's dog. fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Arrest the fucking cops. Um, yeah, so that's... Uh, we donated to them. Uh, we donated to... Fuck, I'm losing it. We donated to the Riot Fund. We donated to the National Bail Fund. And we donated to the uh, the Good Call NYC. So Good Call NYC is, uh, they provide free legal representation Beautiful. to people who need it. So, yeah. So we ended up donating to them. And the coolest thing that happened was that we got a match. So we ended up matching $800 of, of the money that we got. Uh, we got somebody from, uh, we got one of our college friends who worked at BlackRock, right? It's like this investment fund. Yep. Um, her name is Sasha Pierre Louie. She, uh, she was able to match a donation. So we sent her $800 and she made it into 1600. Um, so that, uh, was also phenomenal. So we, you know, it ended up being more than, than we, uh, we, than we anticipated. So that was great. And that was a great fundraiser. Um, and that's one of the, one of the big things we did. And then the other thing that I personally did, um, was just working within Phipps neighborhoods to develop a statement, to, uh, kind of approach the issue in a way where we could talk to our staff about how they're feeling and, and things like that. Um, and just kind of trying to figure out how to use that bigger, bigger platform to also address this issue. Um, yeah, because as we said before, it's like, figuring out how you can be as useful as you possibly can uh 
you know, regardless of the size of your platform, regardless of where you work, just using whatever tools you have to, to contribute to the movement. Right. Um, yeah, so that, that's been my experience. And, um, as far as I think after that first week, um, I've still been, uh, working at my foundation cause uh, obviously that's my day job, but working with them to, to put out the statement because that was a longer process because we get government grants. Right. Um, so that was, it was hard to like kind of put out a stance. So that was, that was hard work, but we did it. Um, and, um, as, as far as how, what it's been recently, um, I think I've been trying to start another fundraiser, um, with my friend Nadi as well, as well as working on a few other ideas for fundraisers. Like I've had an idea for like an open mic, um, things like that to, to get more funds now for, uh, foundations or organizations that help with uh, trans rights specifically. Um, I Hell think yeah. trans uh, trans people of color. Um, this is what other people have shared, right? Like, I this is knowledge that I've gained from other people. So I want to be uh, very clear about that. Like, I'm not like an expert mm-hmm. on LGBTQIA plus for sure. Things. For sure. Um, but from what I've from what I've gained from other people is that uh, the trans community. Um, among others in, in the LGBTQIA plus community, uh, has suffered um, at the hands of police violence, has suffered from gender-based discrimination, has suffered from violence in general in like this very disproportionate way. Um, and, and although I know that we all have our, you know, specific uh, types of oppression that we all experience, um, whether it's in the LGBTQIA plus community or it's in the, the communities of color, like we all have our own oppressions that we experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the trans community, I think has, has been the victim of a lot of, uh, it's like the similar to black lives matter, right? It's like, yes, all lives matter, but the black lives are the ones that are being attacked by the police, right? Similar, similarly in, in, uh, the trans community. Yes. The whole LGBTQIA plus community matters and everybody else matters as well, but the trans community is suffering at a disproportionate rate. Yeah. Um, so if you want to collaborate on a fundraiser, I'd love to do that. That would be really fucking cool because that's, um, I've discovered that that's the place where I am the most useful is like fundraising and, and, um, you know, that along that vein, right? Like behind the scenes kind of stuff, because I love protesting and and I've been to a lot of the protests in New York city. Um, but at the end of the day, like I'm not, a am I'm not, I'm not an angry person, right? So (laughs) for me, for me personally, anger comes into me and then it comes out as like kindness and, you know, um, it comes out as kindness and like helping the people that are, that are being affected by the systemic issues. Right. So for example, uh, that's one of the reasons why me and Nadia felt like the way that we would help was by providing supplies because I don't want to burn down a cop car, but I definitely (laughs) want to help the people that are burning down cop cars. You feel me? Word. (laughs) Yeah. 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 <laughs> so so no, definitely, that's man. also been my experience. Yeah. Is like um I, I don't want to be in jail and I don't want to burn down a courthouse, but I definitely wanna like make sure that those people are okay because they're doing that work, right? Um because it's you know, change happens on a lot of levels and and as much as uh as much as peaceful protest is important and as much as legislative change is important. 
we also need to have riots every once in a while to remind right. people that things are not fucking okay, you know? Right, and that, that's exactly so, where I wanted to go next. Like, um, this past month has kind of proven to us that, you know, we know this, that, that riots are, you know, obviously it's not always a good thing, but it's the best way to push for results, I guess. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's sad that it has to be that. But it's the only way to get the attention of the people who can actually make these decisions. You know? And, like, so much change. Like, I'm shocked at how much change has been made, actually, in the last couple of weeks. You know? Just based off of these protests and riots. And... Absolutely. It's it's unfortunate that it, it goes down the way that it does. But, you know, we have to commend those people. And, like you said, we have to continue to support those people who are the ones taking action in in those specific ways we have to continue to give them feed them to those organizations that will help them you know because mm-hmm. they are making such a huge difference for everybody oh absolutely yeah it's yeah it's, it's, it's a lot of different levels yeah definitely definitely man yeah um do you have any future well not future but um do you have anything else coming up that you're you're working on for you know for the black lives matter movement that's a good question. So, so I mean, one of the the biggest thing is um, for me right now is is planning these next fundraisers. Like, I'm trying to specifically, um, I wanna I wanna plan three different fundraisers. Like, that's kind of the vibe right now, because everything that has happened has been like very low level grassroots. It's been like me and some friends being like, "Hey, we want to raise money." Um, but that's okay. It's still very effective. That's kind of yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. That's that's what I mean. So it's like. Uh, that's, that's what the projects are looking like, right? Like right now I'm working on organizing, uh, a comedy night with one of my friends named Chandler Dean. Um, we're personally working on, uh, putting together a night of comedians and basically the way that you get the link to be able to see the zoom, to be able to see the comedians is by showing us a receipt of your donation. That's the concept, right? Um, to a specific organization, right? So, and then uh, outside of that, I'm hoping to organize a dance-based fundraiser. So, like, one that's, like, dance performances. Nice. Um, uh, yeah. And then another, uh, a film one. But the film one is, is definitely less developed than the other two, right? <laughs> that, sounds like, that sounds like a long-term it's, uh, plan. It's basically like a... Yeah, yeah. So, the, these, are, these are more long-term plans. But in the immediacy, um, me and Nadia are planning on attending more protests and, and supplying more. Because the fact is, people are still protesting in New York, and even though it's not getting as much media attention, um, the cops are still fucked up. Yeah, fuck them. Fuck <laughs> you know em. what I mean? <laughs> like the the cops are the cops are still arresting people. Um, the cops are still are still handling this very poorly. Um, and uh, you know, protesters on the ground that are doing that change still need the support. So I think that's the biggest way that, um, I can be useful and that people that aren't in New York city and that aren't in these big hotspots, uh, can be useful is to yes, protest, but also fundraise, um, see if you can volunteer for the organizations like the riot fund that are helping protesters on the ground. Like how, what, what else can, can, can we do on a, on, on, on our own? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always been my big MO is like figuring out what you're good at and then figuring out how to contribute with it. Right. So, um, for me and Nadia, it was grassroots organizing and fundraising. I think for other people like yourself, right. It's like this podcast, uh, for comedians, it's like doing comedy and being like, Hey, donate if like, you know what I mean? Like everybody has 
specific talents yeah. that they can contribute. Um, and yeah, and I think the the biggest things right now that that we should be focusing our attention on is is the black community. Um, definitely, uh, definitely black people in general, but also black women. Um, I think, um, supporting, supporting black women and supporting the black community in whatever ways you can. So black owned businesses, that's something that I've been a strong proprietor of for a while. And like people of color owned businesses in general. Um, but I think in this moment, uh, black owned businesses, like, you know, one of the things I, I try to do on in my personal life is like you the basics that you need, right? Like let's say electronics, uh stationary materials, um, COVID nineteen masks, um, things that you use every day, figuring out a way to shop either local and, and find like a black owned business near you or or shop online and, and find black owned businesses there. There's um there's a website called Shop Black, S H O P P E black.com that can refer you to different places uh that are incredible that's awesome right that's awesome yeah 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 and like for me i i do i buy a lot of streetwear right so i I buy a lot of different clothes i like sneakers i like things like that so um one of the things that i've been looking into is like okay first of all are the brands that i'm buying from anti-racist right like that's a big thing (laughs) yeah um so like so like, did did fucking Atmos come out and say, "Hey, we like the black community," or or like, we support the black community, or did Noah come out and say, "We support the black community," like things like that, like watching out for those things, and and looking for tangible moves, right? Like same thing with Nike, right? Nike, I love Nike, um, but it's kind of like, you know, are, are they making those stances? Are they are they here for the black community? Are they being anti racist? Um, though those are those are big things also to to kind of keep in mind in, in your day-to-day that I've been trying to keep in mind in my day-to-day. Like, I, this whiteboard that I bought the other day, because I'm an adult now, and I have <laughs> a whiteboard to write down my to-do list. Yeah. Um, I, I made sure to buy it from an Oregon. There's this store in Brooklyn called, it's like a Montgomery stationery, and I found them on eBay. So I, I like, bought from them. Because eBay and, like, um, eBay, Grailed, like, secondhand stores are great ways to... Uh, Support smaller businesses, but still have the convenience of like an online marketplace, right? Um, Yeah. yeah. And also, eBay doesn't treat its employees like shit, like Amazon does. So, fuck Amazon. (laughs) You heard it here, folks. You heard it here Um, first. Well, not first, but fuck them. (laughs) Yeah, I'm echoing it. Um, Yeah. And and um, in terms of. in terms of uh, finding new ways uh, to support, it's like I'm I'm still learning, right? So it's like uh, that's that's also one of the things I'm I'm trying to do is just keep reading and keep learning, um, and, I, and I think that's that's vital, right? You got to keep you got to stay up on on first of all where the movement's at, what the movement needs, um, definitely supporting them on social media. Warriors in the Garden is a great organization that organizes a lot of protests. Um, Vidal Guzman, who's a New York-based activist, is a person that you want to follow. I can send you those things so that you can like make please a do. list and like publish it with the post. Definitely, um, please do. But those are yeah, those are those are all great ways to keep up with the protests that are happening in New York as well because they're they're still happening for sure. Uh, happening can I day. ask you? Um, even though the, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, is what I'm saying. I'm saying like, yeah, you can ask me. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, do you have any um, 
you mentioned that you you were continuing to read. Like, what kind of stuff are you reading? Do you have any specific uh, resources that you are like focusing your your energy into? Yeah. So I'll I'll send you um I'll, I'll send you a list because I think that'll be more useful. But the but so I'll give this is I'll give a beginner book because it's a book that you can find anywhere. It's Dope, a wonderful yeah. book and it's one of my favorite books. Um is well you know my boy james walden over here he's on my wall and he's he i model fuck yeah james baldwin i love james baldwin we love that dude but uh the fire next time is an essential book for anybody who wants to learn about what's going on um autobiography of malcolm x um i've read it three uh, times let me think (laughs) Absolutely, those are and th- and those are like entry level books, but they're books that everybody needs to read. Everybody needs to read that shit um, at least once. And I'll, those are the two things I can think of at the top of my head. But I'll I'll, I'll send you a list, and you can like share. It yeah, please do. Honestly, yeah, I'll, I'll make a I'll make a whole post for all of this uh, on your your podcast for sure. Yeah, and uh, so I've also I've uh, just to say this I've I've done a lackluster job I've done a, a poor job I think of looking for reading materials about the LGBTQIA plus community, and that's something I want to work on. So if anybody's listening to this podcast and wants to send me books I should read about what's happening in the trans community, in the gay community, in the lesbian community, bi community, please send me those things um, or movies. I prefer movies. I love I love movies. <laughs> um, so if you want to send me that stuff, like yeah, definitely send me that stuff. Um, totally, and yeah, please to send that. them to me oh. too. Please send them to me too. Yeah. Oh, oh, and uh, just let uh, just a person that I want to give a lot of credit to about um, I think making me more aware of what's happening in the trans community is a person in my life named Sophie Kozub, um, who who recently uh, transitioned and, and came out as trans. And has Beautiful. been very vocal about her experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a really cool, or, or that's that's a person that's. I just want to credit her for that because she's been wonderful. Because like being a cis gender heteronormative heterosexual person, like you need people that aren't that um, in your life who are willing to to give you that knowledge and and share their experience. Right, that's an essential part of it. Definitely. Uh, so. Shout out to Sophie. Big shout out. Definitely, um, man. Uh, while we're yeah. on the topic, I want to ask you about, like, uh, how's Pride Month in New York going? So, I think Pride Month is, is in New York right now, is back to what it was originally, right? I think last year, Pride Month was very much a separate, a celebration of of um corporations trying to you know get in on the uh on on the on the gay demographic right of course. On, the, on the on the on the lgbtqia plus demographic uh they were trying to like make everything rainbow themed and this and that and um and you know it was nice to have that solidarity but at the same time it didn't really come with a lot of action you know wait uh, wait so while we're I on the topic 20- do you have do you have a favorite brand yeah. that contributes to that action and actually you feel like they make a difference for the community? Um, absolutely. I, I think, so this is, maybe this is like a deep cut. I don't know. It's not, it's not a deep cut if you're in New York and you're familiar with New York, but it's, but it is a deep cut if you're not from here, but it's, a, <laughs> uh, it's a bookstore called blue. It's a, it's a bookstore called blue stockings in the lower East side. Um, it's like community based. Um, okay. Actually, word. Yeah. Let me make sure I'm not 
it's it's a bookstore that's community based, and that's a place where I have um, gotten a lot of my my reading from is is from that store. Um, so let me just make sure I'm giving you the right name. Yeah, it's Blue Stockings in New York. Um, that's an awesome store, and they uh, do work in the community. So that's a place where you can spend your money, and that your money is going to be going back into the community that that you're serving. You know, or that, that you're yeah. in. Um, so that's a that's a wonderful place. I, I strongly recommend them. That's probably my my biggest one right now. <laughs> no, no, that's good. That's good. That's what uh, it's important to know. Time. It's important to know. Yeah, I, I want to yeah. continue to uh, promote brands and companies that you know actually are about it and not just in it for the commercial benefits of supporting the movement, but like actually really mean it. You know, like for me, my my favorite. Yeah. You know, yeah. I love Doc Martens so much. Uh, for me, Doc Martens yeah. is hugely powerful in the LGBTQIA community. And every year That's they beautiful. put together a uh, collection of sh- footwear, whether it be shoes, boots, sandals, whatever, uh, promoting Pride Month. And, you know, I'm always so happy to see them do it because, you know, they're a pretty prominent brand in the LGBTQIA community. And it's it's yeah. so beautiful to me to see them giving back and, you know, encouraging these people to be who they are. It's a beautiful thing. But, yeah, going back to it. Um, yeah. Uh, Obviously, we can't really do pride parades. We can't do pride celebrations and whatnot. I mean, there are still protests going on, but that's a different thing. Uh, pride parade is like a f- more of a organized festival. But um, like, what kind of stuff has been going on in New York in 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 your perspective? So that so that's that's what I was gonna say before is that Pride mm-hmm. Month is what it started as, right? Pride Month uh, started as the Stonewall riots, right? that happened in New York, that happened in the village. So I think we're getting back to that because I think the LGBTQIA plus community, the black and brown community, uh, people like Marsha P. Johnson, who were like legendary trans activists, trans black activists that like kind of set the stage through their activism, right? I think we're getting back to that spirit of things still need work and we're still angry and we're still wanting things to change. So I think that's kind of where we're at. And and there have been organized events at the Stonewall Inn, uh, in the village. Um, oh, really? And, and that's I think amazing. It's just different protests. That's great. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, and, and, as, and when I say organized events, I mean organized like protests and like visuals and, and things like that, right? For sure, yeah. Um, but I'm sure that as restaurants open back up um, and as, as bars are allowed to open back up, I'm sure that there's going to be more celebratory things like drag brunches and like things like that. Like I, I love a good drag brunch. Um, Hell yeah. Uh, but things like that, <laughs> that are, that are like more that, that have become like synonymous with like the LGBTQIA plus community. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think that uh, that's, it's, it's been sad that we didn't get a pride parade. Right. Because that's one of the coolest things about New York. I think is that you get this huge festival where five million fucking people is allowed it's it's insane it's it's a it's a huge event and, and i i walked in it last year with diane morales um and that that was a that was a huge honor that i was allowed to to be there right that's amazing man good for you i don't know it was it, it was it was super cool and i i yeah but but that's it's so that's that's why I say like that I need to work harder to be to be a better ally, right? Because I've been afforded this privilege of like being in the parade and like and like having all these wonderful LGBTQI plus people in my life and, and 
I think it's important for everybody to acknowledge when they can do more. So I am working on doing more. Um, but yeah, being in that parade was super cool. But, but at the same time, it was like, you know, it was a celebratory spirit. And the fact is that there's still a lot of violence and a lot of oppression that happens within the LGBTQIA plus community, specifically within the trans community. Yeah. So it's really cool to see that people are caring enough to sacrifice that celebration, right? In favor of working towards collective liberation. So yes. like similar to yes. it's like when I see Latinos, when I see Filipino people, when I see when I see other Asian people, when I see um you know, I don't know. When I see when I see everybody coming out to support the LGBTQIA plus community, to support the black community, I that's been I think the coolest thing about the past month is has been has been people supporting and, and sacrificing their their um, privileges and, and sacrificing their joy and sacrificing their celebration in favor of helping the people that aren't getting those celebrations right in the in the same way yeah so i think that's been that's been really that's been really beautiful yeah man well said i, I couldn't so agree more that's my that's my update on pride month in new york is that we're 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 not celebrating so much because there's still a lot of bad shit happening yeah um but yeah that's that's my that's my update i don't know yeah no all good all good no i'm in the i'm in the same boat as you bro like i i personally don't I don't know enough. I don't. I don't research enough. You know, I, I really don't uh, about these topics. Like it's. I hate to say this, but like a lot of the research that I've done has been just for the podcast. You know, so I can keep these conversations going and try yeah. to push it, because you know a lot of people don't want to take the effort to read articles and books that I'm willing to do to have a good conversation. You yeah. know what I mean? But like, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I I'm I'm far behind as well, and that's that's something I own up to as well. Like I, I need to I need to step it up for sure. Like I'm very very in tune with oh, yeah. the Black Lives Matter movement. That's that one's meant a lot to me for many many years now. But the LGBTQIA community, I uh, I need to do more. I personally need to do more. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and 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 just in terms of um, I think that personally right i think the biggest thing that we can do as as cisgender as heteronormative people are you can you hear me go on yeah i think i think the biggest thing we can do is is first of all admit that we have work to do right Mm -hmm. um and and then do the work right so we're i think we're in we're in that step and i think that that's that's positive you know and maybe we can hold each other accountable maybe after this podcast come out I'll hit you up and I'll be like, hey, have you read anything new about the trans community? And you can be like, no, but I'm still working on it. And I can be like, that's okay. Because, you know, we're, we're, we're working yeah. on it. Um, yeah. But but aside, but in terms of like actual tangible things that I'm doing, like definitely the, the fundraiser is, is a big thing that, I, that I've been working on is, is trying to organize that. Um, and I actually have to hit up Chandler today about that because he said he was going to start looking into comedians and I have to do that as well. Um, oh, that's another random thing about me. Is I might have someone I actually. Events. Oh, go on. Hit me up. Yeah, yeah no. Um, the the random thing about me is that I I MC events and I do stand up comedy on occasion. So that's irrelevant, I guess. For sure. It's like relevant, but not irrelevant. I don't know. <laughs> How is the stand up going, by the way? Bless you. Thank you. 
Uh, it's not. It's not going. Right <laughs> <now at> <laughs> <all>. <laughs> How many shows the, the have you done? How many sets have you done? Are you doing open mics? The, I've I've been I've done them. I, last year was a was a big comedy year for me. I, I was doing open mics like pretty frequently, but this year I haven't. I haven't done as many. I've been I kind of switched gears and I've been focusing more on um, uh, focusing more on like men cry and my job and like more activism type things, but. Um, but one of the totally things understand. I love about stand up is that you see people like um you see people like Hannah Gatsby, um like Dave Chappelle for the black community, like kind of using that platform, right? So it goes back to that. Like when I was doing comedy, uh one of the things that I love to focus on was um the things about masculinity that are really funny. Like <laughs> like okay, I did one bit about sitting next to a man on the subway, right? And like man spreading, and like how to how to change ah, man spreading, and how to, how, to, how to end it, right? Because it's it's a huge issue, and that's 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 the thing that I said. I was like, just touch knees and blow him a kiss, and he'll close his eyes <laughs> real quick, bro. He'll move away. Like, <laughs> but yeah, um, that's that's like the that's the kind of comedy I did, um, which is I'm I'm still working on it, and and hopefully when we when we do this open mic fundraiser, I'll I'll be able to do a set or something in support um so yeah definitely man yo i'm happy you're doing that bro i'm really really happy you're doing that you know um stand-up comedy has always been one of my favorite mediums in entertainment like for sure i love Mm stand-up comedy man uh one uh, what i was saying before is one of my best friends is a stand-up comic and he's a journalist and he was in minneapolis covering the protests and everything for uh, for Al Jazeera and he he did a lot of great mm-hmm. work man and like yeah I'll put you on for sure He's one of my best friends I love the guy I talk to him every day great friend of mine from college drop that link bro drop that you know who else um I'll, I'll drop this guy's name because he the way he documented Minneapolis like he lives in New York but he traveled to Minneapolis and then he he also documented in New York his, his name is New Slave he's a photographer um and he he usually does streetwear sneaker stuff. I know that name. But he's been kind of yeah yeah he's he's pretty popular. Like I yeah. If I'm sure people listening to the podcast will be like, we already knew that Martin. Shut the fuck up. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's been super cool and um he it, it was really cool to see because uh, he's a black photographer. It was it was really cool to be able to see yeah. him uh documented because it's not like some white photographer from the New York Times being like. This is what ha- what's happening in the Black Lives Matter movement. No, it's like a, a black person on the ground, um, like kind of community based, right? Um, yes, absolutely. But he was he was super cool, and and I think he's still posting and still covering. So, someone to follow uh, for the audience. Yeah. Speaking of someone to follow, bro, this has been an excellent podcast, man. Tell the people where they can find you. Uh, the people where they can find me. Um. So, uh, my, uh, so the people, hello, how are you? Um, my, uh, my, my primary form of communication is, uh, my Instagram, which is M N B N Y C. Um, and, um, yeah, there I'll link you to everything else. So that's where you can find me. <laughs> I think that that'll be the Word. best way to find Are you me. on Twitter? Um, Yeah. I am on Twitter, but I'm on Twitter for the memes. Like I'm, whoa, I'm, I'm whoa, whoa, on whoa, whoa, whoa! What's your Twitter, bro? <laughs> Send me your Twitter. I did not know you were on Twitter, man. Send me your Twitter when we're done yeah, with this. No. <laughs> you don't have to publicize I it. Just, just send it I to just me. Re- 
No, I'll, I'll publicize it. I don't fucking care. <laughs> it's a. Uh, I'll just send it to you. I'll send it to you. Never mind. I'll send it yeah, to you. Yeah, word. I'm. I'm. It's a I'm, funny I'm, name. I love Twitter, man. I'm all in on the memes, the basketball, the everything, man. Fuck yeah. That's yeah. That's also why I joined on it because I, I, there's a lot of sports analysts on Twitter. So it's like you get to hear, like you get to, you get the watch bombs. You know what I mean? Like that was yeah. great. Like last summer, knowing where Kevin Durant was gonna go before everyone else did, that was kind of tight. Because you hear it on Instagram right yeah. away, and it's like oh, on Twitter right away. Yeah. Yep. Versus like waiting exactly. for it on Sports Center, you know. Fuck that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, man. Dude, this has been mm-hmm. excellent, man. I'm super, super happy to have you on, man. It's been great catching up with you. Great talking to you. Always a pleasure, Absolutely. man. It's, so let's let's end this on a great note. Um, I'm going to say thank you for, for having me. I'm proud of you as a friend. Um, and I'm going to say uh, to the people listening, make sure that you are able to find a way to help the people that need help um, with the skills that you have, what you can do is valuable, whether you're a photographer, whether you are a sneaker blogger, whether you are, uh, I don't know, a model, you can figure out a way to help. So do it. Um, and also, uh, just remember to be kind. And, uh, yeah, those are, those are my closing thoughts. Um, and I think that Dominic is a model of those things. So if you're friends with Dominic, follow that model. <laughs> thanks bro i appreciate that man i really appreciate that dude yo man uh of course likewise you are an incredible person and i'm so thankful for all the work that you do because there are a lot of people out there who who don't want to put in the time and effort to to make a change like you do so we appreciate you man uh thank you for being on the podcast and thank you for everything you do thank you for being my friend love you bro love you too man and uh you know stay safe out there in, in the philippines or as i like to call them the dominicans of the east or, or i think <laughs> actually the Fili- the philippines came first so we are the philippines of the west is i'll say that <laughs> word yo yeah man uh thank you everybody for tuning in to another episode of the brown guy podcast network peace